0: The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit LivingTraditionsFestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, it's the freaking weekend, but first, here's the news of the week. Get caught up and then get out of here. Lead producer Emily Means joins me to break down the top stories. And later, Hey Salt Lake newsletter editor Therina Ria joins us to share weekend ideas. It's Friday, December 9th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Emily means good morning. It is a good morning, Ali Vallarta. Do you know why? Why? Because the Jazz won last night. Uh, well, okay, we're recording this at 9.14 a.m. on Thursday <laughs> morning, and the jazz won last night with one second to spare. Oh a beautiful my God. dunk from the Italian stallion.
1: Simone Fontecchio. Oh, per favore. What a ride. I'll be honest. I didn't watch the game, but I did watch the Twitter discourse of the game. Oh, yeah. Which is often like how I I follow along when the Jazz are playing because, you know, I'm not spending 65 bucks a month to uh, get the Jazz game streamed to my TV. (laughs) And it was
0: fantastic. So, as we say, F the haters. Mm -hmm. Jazz are doing it this Mm -hmm. year. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing more that there's nothing I've enjoyed more than going to a couple jazz games this fall and being seated in a section full of grown men who couldn't resist leaping out of their seats and yelling, I love this team. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the unbridled joy. We love to see it. Unbridled joy. Okay, now that we are feeling really warmed up and loosey-goosey and thrilled and happy and excited, should we talk about something extremely unfortunate?
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about the news.
0: All right, yep. The news this week, not all bad, but I want to start with something that is kind of surprising to me, and that is school closures are on the docket. So here's where we're looking at school closures in Salt Lake County right now. Confirmed to be closing next year, West Jordan, Twin Peaks, Spring Lane, and Mill Creek Elementary Schools. And then the Granite School District is also looking at Moss Elementary and Lincoln Elementary for potential closure, but they haven't made a call there yet. And the reason that schools are closing is because, I mean, we've been hearing about this for a while, like some of the demographic like predictors mm-hmm. that the school boards use to determine like how big the school's going to get and how many kids are going to enroll in the future have been predicting low enrollment and Mm -hmm. generally like low population growth of kids and there are just fewer kids and so we need fewer schools and the district has tried to figure out for lack of a better expression like other ways to skin this cat and they haven't come up with anything better so now we're closing schools right right i was not an
1: education reporter ali it's actually like really quite complicated mm-hmm. and a lot to keep track of and I'm also not a parent I don't have kids but Same. there is no way fewer schools is better for both our kids and our teachers mm-hmm. like we already know the student to teacher ratio is too damn high so I'm really concerned about the type of education kids are going to be able to get when you know teachers are handling 40 plus student classrooms
0: right yeah. The other thing that I thought was so interesting about reading about these school closures, which I read about all of them in the Salt Lake Tribune, shout out to the Trib, and this week all their articles are free so you can go read whatever you want even if you are not a subscriber. But we have this like data point that we throw around a lot in Utah, which is that we're the youngest state in the nation, our average mm-hmm. age is 30, and people love to throw that out there and then be like, "Well, that data is skewed because we have so many kids." And it is like kind of funny to hold that in tandem with Here in Salt Lake County, like we don't have enough kids for all the schools that we built, like based on the population trends that we were anticipating. And in this one of these trip stories, I saw this data point that was so interesting from the Utah State Board of Education, which is that public K through 12 schools around the entire state only gained 299 students this year. Now they anticipated, like in a typical year, at least 7,000 students.
1: Wow. Um, I can't do the math on that quickly in my head, but that's a lot, a lot
0: less that is than a anticipated. Plummet. And if you look at like the breakdown of each of these schools that they're considering closing, the number, like the total population of the school versus mm-hmm. the enrollment decline, they're also kind of staggering. Like this one really got me: Spring Lane Elementary in Holiday. The current student population of Spring Lane Elementary, and of course, like these are all elementary schools, right? Because that's where we're seeing like enrollment fall off. But what does that mean? for our middle schools and high schools in the future? I don't know. Current population of Spring Lane Elementary and Holiday, 280 students. The enrollment declined there since 2017, 262 fewer students. So almost the entire student population has declined in enrollment in just the past, what, five years? It's crazy.
1: Well, the other thing that was notable to me about this reporting, shout out to Courtney Tanner, who's a fantastic reporter, is that these schools that are closing, either plurality or majority of the students there are uh, students of color and low income students. So, I mean, this is... This will be challenging for their families if Mm -hmm. they need to drive their students to a school that's further away, that's a lot of time, time is money. So how are we gonna support these families?
0: Right, and we know what happens historically when we bus students of color to other schools Mm -hmm. instead of investing in the schools that are home to them, right? And like, I think the thing about schools is that like they are sort of the core of our society. And so regardless of how many students attend a school like it is sort of the the like artery of a community right it's where a lot of students eat most of their meals it's where a lot of students like spend the formative hours of their day like I guess the question that a lot of these parents are raising that I do think is really valid is like
1: yeah
0: even if our school isn't bursting at the seams pulling the plug on a community center we're going to lose a lot more than you know students walking down the street headed to this particular facility like so and what do you do with a school once it's closed Right,
1: right. You make a really good point. What you do with schools when they close, we've already actually seen in the same district, in Granite School District, school closures. They closed three other elementary schools in 2019. This is from the Tribs reporting. Mm -hmm. And I believe they closed Granite High School. In 2009, mm-hmm. and this is not like a permanent, you know, a permanent solution for what we do with these buildings. But once they closed Granite High School, they turned it into an art exhibit for yeah. like a, a few months, yeah, and I then I think
0: they demolished it. So yeah, yeah. I think this is just something to watch. Again, I'm not a parent. You're not a parent. If you are a parent and you're listening to this, or specifically if you're a parent and your student goes to one of these schools, please give us a call because we'd love to hear from you about. I'd be so interested what the communication to parents has been like. Anyway, that's the story with schools, Emily.
1: That's the story. Let yeah. me give you an update on the homelessness news, alley. Okay. Salt Lake City is giving developers $6 million dollars to convert three motels into housing. Hmm. So that's $2 million per project. Let me tell you more about what these projects will do. One of these will support people experiencing homelessness who are considered medically vulnerable. So um, actually last winter, there was a program supporting this specific population and the parameters were kind of like 65 and older, And or, you know, you have chronic health conditions, heart disease, diabetes, whatever it might Mm -hmm. be. And the location for that is still confidential. But what I can tell you is that it will not be in city limits. It will be somewhere in Salt Lake County, but not in city limits. So that's really interesting to me that the city is looking to invest in this development, That's not even within the city. Right. Something to kind of unpack there, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's very in step with the city council putting that moratorium on new development and saying other parts of the county need to step up and offer solutions. And it seems like maybe they didn't. And now the city council is like, well, fine, then we'll pay for it. But we're not doing it here, which all the resources are here. But okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, those are the arguments that people make, you know, Mm -hmm. like, we've got our, we've got literally all of the social programs here in the city. And, you know, are we going to be able to bus people to these resources? Um, I think the idea is to have them mostly on site. So you don't have to do that. But, you know, it's, it's just much easier to get around downtown as well with public transit, of course, the two other projects in question are on the city's west side and this actually does include the former ramada inn which is where the medically vulnerable overflow shelter was this past winter Mm -hmm. and these these developments are going to be considered permanent supportive housing so this is essentially like very low income type housing with resources on site the interesting thing about this is that they want this all to be done by may And that was part of the requirements for the city funding these projects. Like, we need to get these rooms online by the time the winter overflow shelters close in the spring. So I am really curious to see what they can get done, how many units will fully be open. And really, Ali, I hope that they're able to funnel everyone from the winter overflow shelters into these housing projects. Mm -hmm. Because once those shelters close, people kind of scatter and then you you lose them. And it's hard to keep track of of these folks once they're, you know, out camping on the streets or couch surfing with their, with their loved ones.
0: Yeah. I just have to give a plug here for, first of all, nothing to add, (laughs) but I want to give a plug because I think a lot of people are really interested in this issue and they know that it's really important that we house everyone in our community, not just in the winter, but year round, because as devastating as cold is, heat is equally as devastating. And if you've never done the point in time count before, like this is your year. So every January Salt Lake County does basically, it's a census count of all of our unsheltered neighbors. So anyone who is spending the night on the street, whether it's temporary because they recently lost an apartment or they've been out there for a while, and they need volunteers to do it. So it is January 26th through 28th. It's an early morning wake up. You go out with a team of folks and you survey our neighbors and get a sense of where people are at. And that is the data that basically determines what kind of federal resources our county and therefore our city get to put towards solutions to this crisis. So Again, like if you're shaking your head, if you're frustrated, if you read these kinds of stories and are like, why why don't we have more resources? Why aren't we doing more? I would love to see you at the point in time count. Last time, Emily, that I talked about the point in time count on this show, I asked folks to email me if they would be interested in volunteering and I could get them connected with resources. And a bunch of people did. So I've actually oh, got I like that. a notes app list running. So if you are willing to team up with other CityCast Salt Lake listeners and participate in the point in time count, it is a radical form of volunteerism that is like desperately needed by the county and the city. So Email me or DM us on any of our social networks or call us 801-203-0137 and I'll get you connected and we can go out there together. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants, but the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments, so if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour.
1: Allie, you're going to knock this one out of the park. We're going to talk about one of your favorite topics.
0: You know nothing gases me up (laughs) like talking about Salt Lake's Olympic bid. And I read all of the stories this week that came out about Salt Lake's Olympic bid, and I gotta tell you, I have reached one sure conclusion. Do you know what that is?
1: I have a feeling it's that you really want
0: the Olympics to come to Salt Lake, right? That's what I've heard from you. It's that the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, is definitely listening to CityCast Salt Lake.
1: (laughs) They did this just to spite you, didn't they?
0: So here's why I came to that conclusion. Because, first of all, these people, they really don't want to make a decision about who is hosting the 2030 or 2034 Olympics. It's basically down to Salt Lake City or Sapporo in Japan. And the IOC keeps pushing back, pushing back, pushing back their decision. We thought we were going to have a decision next fall, fall 2023. Now they're saying, we're giving ourselves permission to waffle on this endlessly, and we're not guaranteeing a decision by next fall and we might never decide basically. (laughs) Because, like, from a sort of, like, a optics point of view, Salt Lake City and the IOC are more interested in Utah 2034 than Utah 2030, since the Summer mm. Olympics in 2028 will be in Los Angeles. Mm. And I think they think that those two things are just, like, a little too yeah. close for comfort. USA uh, yeah, to exactly. USA. It's a lot of chanting USA. Like, our throats will just be so sore, you know? Um, the other reason that they're waffling on this decision, and this gets me to my point about how how I think they're listening to CityCast Salt Lake, is that the IOC, (laughs) they looked around and they were like, wow, you know what? We need a climate plan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For our Winter Olympics.
0: And I'm like, you think? So basically, they're like, hmm, well, yeah, climate change, hmm, that is going to prove an issue for hosting Winter Olympics every four years till the end of time. And the plan they're currently looking at is let's select a series of cities, like a cohort of cities around the globe that we like. And let's just have them be the official Olympic hosts and rotate every 20 to 30 years. So like Salt Lake, if selected, could have the Olympics every 20 to 30 years. That means there could be at least two more Olympics in Salt Lake City in my lifetime. Which really makes me want to grab a rosary off the shelf. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to shoot
1: off some Hail Marys right now? (laughs) I can't handle it. Wow. Oh, my God. Well, okay. How do they know Salt Lake's going to be cold enough you know in the next 10 years we don't know that our ski industry is like uh what are we gonna do we really
0: hope we have a good powder year what a great point ma'am because (laughs) one of the data points that they are thinking about looking at when it comes to picking those cities is cities that show steady temps below 32 degrees like below freezing temps consistently year after year now i am not a scientist but i do know that temperature is not the only way to measure climate change, right? Like sometimes we're seeing dramatic freezes Mm -hmm. as well as dramatic heat waves. Like my understanding of climate change is that what we're experiencing is is drama in our weather patterns, right? And so I don't know if I was like, hey, make a list of cities that are crushing it in terms of not feeling the dramatic effects of climate change, would you put Salt Lake on that list? No,
1: not at all. And one other thing, I mean, we, (laughs) the story of the year is the crisis at the Great Salt Lake, Uh right? And we know that the toxic dust from the Great Salt Lake diminishes our snowpack.
0: Yes. Yes. Don't we need that snowpack?
1: To yes. have Winter Olympics. <laughs> Dust but okay, on snow listen, is bad. Listen, Allie, mm-hmm. Allie, this could be, there could be a silver lining here mm. because Utah leaders really, really want the Olympics. And so maybe that lights a fire
0: under their asses mm. to deal with the Great Salt Lake crisis sooner. Huh? huh? Honey, huh? honey, I love your optimism. <laughs> but... I just want to give, related to the Great Salt Lake, I want to just give one small example of what happens when we have to blow snow. So in Beijing, you'll remember, it was 100% artificial snow that they had to blow to host those Olympics. The estimates were that they would use 49 million gallons of water. People think that is like a steep, steep undercount of how much water they used to blow all that snow. I saw reporting that said as high as 200 million gallons of water, right? so. What's one of the ways, what's one of the ways that Beijing got the water that they needed to blow snow for the Olympics? Well, I'm so glad you asked. They diverted water from a dried up lake. (laughs) Oh no.
1: Oh Uh no, it's a playbook. There's so many
0: layers here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean like, sound familiar? Look, you guys, I know the Olympics would be fun. I'm never gonna not concede that. It would be so fun. Would I be here? Would I rent my apartment for $3,000 a night? Probably. But it would be fun. I get that, right? It would be kind of cool. Do we have to host the Olympics? What if we all just climbed Mount Olympus? (laughs) Together. Together. Holding hands. And then we
1: sing 2K2... Two K Two. You weren't here for the 2002 Olympics, but I was, and they mm. made us sing all these songs in school about the Olympics. Oh. I can bring that back if that's if that's really what we're looking for. If that's why we want the Olympics here, listen, I'll put on a one woman show for you and sing Two K Two
0: all day long. I mean, in the words of Kristen Wiig, "Don't make me sing." Don't make me sing. <laughs> okay, Emily, we have a treat today. That's enough Woo! news. Our newsletter editor Terina Ria, is here to share some event ideas for the weekend, because her newsletter is always chock full of them. We're live! (laughs) Darina, welcome (laughs) to the Friday Roundup! Hello, friends! I'm so glad to be here! What a delight to see you and have you on the show. And before we get into events, I do have to shout out something that you wrote for the newsletter this week that gave Mm -hmm. me endless joy, and that is... A roundup of how to spend a weekend in Park City like Lindsay Lohan in the iconically terrible Christmas movie Falling for Christmas. (laughs) Everyone needs to watch it.
1: What was your inspiration, Tarina? You were like, I just really got to dig into this.
2: Yes, well, we got together as a team, CityCast Salt Lake, and we watched... Christmas (laughs) Christmas classes
1: <laughs> falling for Christmas, new wave, Lindsay Lohan. new wave Christmas. Cord Overstreet. I still
0: can't believe there's a
1: person named Cord Overstreet, but alas.
0: All right, Dirina, what's on deck this weekend? Can you give us some tips? I don't have any plans this weekend. I need your wisdom. I don't know if you guys know this, but it's holiday market
2: season, y'all. Yeah, it is what? the Hay Salt Lake newsletter is chock full of holiday market suggestions but i'm gonna bring you some exclusive (gasps) podcast only events
0: what pew 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 i have chills (laughs) hit
2: it So, Salt and Honey Makers Market is going to be at Visit Salt Lake, which is inside the Salt Palace Convention Center. And they are having a little event there with Umocha. There's going to be a discount at Umocha, 10% off. Salt and Honey is doing 15% off. And for little kiddos, if you ask them for a golden ticket, They'll give you a free gingerbread man. What? Okay. What little do you have to be? (laughs) They said kids. That could mean kids at heart.
0: Yeah, we're kids. Why not? Exactly.
1: That is so fun, Tarina. I had no idea. I love salt and honey. And if I've ever bought you a gift, it probably came from salt Yeah,
0: and wait, honey. when is this? I'm
2: putting it in my calendar right now. It's going to be Saturday, tomorrow, 10 to 6. Okay. But you'll want to get there early. Because from 10 to 2, they're going to have an Airstream there that's serving complimentary apple cider and donut holes.
0: So basically, they're just giving everything away. <laughs> it's just a treat. A little treat for the holidays.
2: Okay, I'm all over it.
1: Wow, it's a Christmas miracle. It's also ice
2: skating time at Mill Creek Commons, which if you don't know, Mill Creek Commons normally has roller skating. So they rolled out the ice for the wintertime.
1: I always wonder how they do that. Do they just like leave a hose running and hope for the best? (laughs) Is that how ice rinks are made?
0: (laughs) Exactly. <laughs>
1: That's so fun.
0: I love Mill Creek comments. I'm kind of obsessed with how Mill Creek like became its own city, right? It like became a township and then they were like, We're gonna build the coolest city hall ever. It's going to have roller skating. Like, it's giving ice town, <laughs> you know? They often have DJs there. It's yeah. bumping.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's a normal ice cream truck. I also really love it as a glow up for Mill Creek because mm-hmm. its current city hall is, I believe, in a former craft store. Yeah. <laughs> like a former mini mall craft store. <laughs> Good for you, Mill Creek. Yeah.
2: But yeah, normal ice cream truck is there, and you should really try the cocoa comb. It has dark chocolate dip, handmade honeycomb. Mm. It's chef's kiss. They have hot chocolate, peppermint hot chocolate, if you don't want ice cream in the cold while you're ice skating.
1: What a delight. All right. Tadina, you got one more for us? Hit it. I do.
2: (laughs) So... Acme Bar is doing a special holiday pop-up, Seasons Drinking. The soft opening was last weekend, but they're actually doing it every weekend through December. And Allie went. Oh, I went
0: twice. I went Friday and Saturday, to be clear. (laughs)
2: Wow. Water Witch is putting it together, and it's basically like the holidays threw up all over your
1: favorite bar. Mm -hmm. The holidays drank too many delicious cocktails. and Too many eggnogs. Yeah, too many eggnogs, too many spiked eggnogs, and threw up lights all over your favorite bar. I love that.
0: The decor is so kitschy. It's so delightful. There's also a wall of ribbons that's like kind of a photo wall. It's just like top to bottom Ribbons, nothing but ribbons. And like I was waiting in line for a drink and someone bumped into me and I got pushed back against it and I fully bounced off of the wall because it's just a wall of ribbons and it's like cushy. It was incredible, incredible. It's the former campfire in case folks are looking for it and are like, what's Acme Bar Company? Campfire sold, it's not Campfire anymore now it's Acme Bar Company.
2: Fun, check it out.
0: We gotta go. Speaking of we gotta go, we gotta go. <laughs> These are incredible suggestions. Darina, thank you so much. For anyone who's listening and isn't subscribed to the Hey Salt Lake newsletter, it's such a treat. It's like you do an urban almanac, you do like food news, like basically all the things that you want to get up to speed on in the morning. And then you will have things to talk to your coworkers about and impress them with your knowledge of the city. You can subscribe to that newsletter at saltlake.citycast.fm. There's also a link in our show notes. And you get the joy of waking up to lovely words from Therina every single morning, Monday through Friday. If you like puns. If you like puns. Check it out. Woo, is this the place for you? Boy, oh boy. All right, Therina Rhea, Emily Means, have a great weekend.
1: Happy weekend, Thank Allie. You. We'll see
0: you at uh, the Acme Pop-Up Bar. I'll be back. You know it. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria, and our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend.